0: So we've been talking a lot about gun violence and gun control recently, and a lot of people on the left are talking about a lot of different uh, gun control measures that they want to take. Obviously, people on on the right are opposed to it, um, but what they don't realize is that if you actually um, go far enough left, you actually um, get the guns back.
1: (laughs) The United States has no right... No desire and no intention to impose our form of government on anyone else. No democracy can survive when its public life, its public goods, are so privatized and militarized and
0: individualized.
1: So you won't take down lies or you will take down lies. I think it's just a pretty simple yes or no.
0: So we tell a handful of billionaires to become phenomenally richer, yeah, you're going to have to pay more taxes.
1: Yeah, like it's it's interesting because like I find that this is like one of those big components and we've talked about the culture war before and like this is like one of those things like if you think Republican and Nick you actually did like some research on this yourself like earlier this year but when people think of Republican like one of the first things that will come to mind for them is like oh second amendment rights.
0: Yeah, it's um it's a big issue and it's one of those single issues for a lot of people, kind of like the abortion one, where, you know, somebody who thinks of it as a single issue doesn't have to know anything else about the politician or doesn't have to know anything else about the person running against them. As long as they're pro Second Amendment and they're not afraid to say it, um, they've got their vote essentially. And you know, we talked a little bit about a few weeks ago about how, you know, the result sometimes of that is you end up voting for people who are, you know, voting to restrict your access to health care or voting to, you know, make union busting easier. But, um, but the real um, result of it is you've got this issue of gun violence that continues to go um, unaddressed. Yeah. I mean, this, this year alone, halfway through 2021, uh, this is an article that just came out uh, today, as a matter of fact, halfway through 2021, the U S has seen more than 280 mass shootings, um, including one in Iowa. Oh, the news agency here is uh, reporting from Iowa, so that's why. Um, Gun violence reported in six states this weekend, including Colorado, Illinois, and Alabama brings the number of U.S. mass shootings to over 280 um, for the year thus far. Mass shootings are defined as four or more people shot, excluding the shooter. According to the Gun Violence Archive, gun violence that resulted in mass shootings across the country has been reported 283 times since the beginning of 2021. That's about 40% more than at this time one year ago and in 2020, or this time one year ago in 2020 and 65% more than in uh, 2019. So in other words, it's increasing by by a long shot.
1: Right. And it's like it's interesting to me because like, I think, and don't get me wrong, like I will of course say that's horrible. We shouldn't have that level of gun violence or like arguably any gun violence, like that's despicable. And I think, you know, everyone, regardless of your political affiliation can agree that, you know, that level of violence is like inexcusable. And it's interesting because a lot of the time from the right, you hear kind of these arguments that are like, oh, you know, this isn't a gun problem. This is a mental health problem. And I think like one of the things that I would point out to touch on that is a lot of the time when you think about mental health and violence, the relationship is often that people with mental health issues are more often the targets of violence than the perpetrators of it. So, like, if you think about, like, um, you know, severe mental illnesses like schizophrenia, uh, it's it is often like homeless people who are like, you know, acting out of the ordinary who be who are assaulted because of you know the way that they're acting on the street or whatever. I don't think like it's it's really an issue of um, like people having like some kind of psychotic break or whatever and going on rampages, I think that that's a stereotype. That being said, like to me, and I know, I don't know if we talked about this before on the podcast, but it doesn't hurt to reiterate that I think a large component of like school shootings comes down to, um, a, there's a masculinity piece. And I, what I mean by that is, I think that a lot of times with men, we socialize them to say, um, or rather to feel like, you know, you're not allowed to feel sad. You're not allowed to express how you feel like you have to keep it all bottled up. And I think that sometimes the way that that presents itself is in anger. Um, and as a result, I think like incels, like, I think the incel community is obviously like a big perpetuator of violence. And, you know, you can look up and see how many mass shootings were a result of like men who have like that kind of anger but you know even like school shootings like if we look at columbine i think like that came as a result of anger and i think in that way there is a component of the gun violence thing that is mental health but i think it's about increasing access to you know like having counselors in schools that are available to talk to students like having mental health be cheaper you know perhaps universal health care that would allow right. access like therapy and like those kinds of services. But that being said, I think ultimately the mass shooting problem and the gun violence problem isn't solely a mental health issue. And I think that's where the right gets it wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's certainly multifaceted. Um, uh, if you look at the mental health aspect of it, I think it, I forget what the exact data point is and, and it might have changed it, it it may have changed because I, I know i'm going a few years back but i i believe it was white males from the ages of 18 to 25 they committed at least a plurality of of the mass shootings absolutely um, and i think there were there were a few factors that they looked at like poverty um uh i think like coming from like a single mother household um and, and um, people who um, had mental illness. And I, I don't know if that was as strong a, as a variable, but it's certainly, um, I think it's certainly worth looking at. And, you know, one of the things that the right will say is, oh, it's a mental health, mental health problem. And I think that's largely a, a way of distracting, not, not necessarily distracting, but like moving kind the of conversation. A yeah. Yeah. Like moving the conversation to something other than the guns because... Like, I've got news for you. Other countries have mental people who have mental health problems. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they don't have this problem we do. And also, yeah, um, having universal health care, for which mental health care is a part of that, um, would help with that. Um, in the 1980s, after, after Reagan dropped the top marginal tax rate from 70% to 28%, one of the consequences of that, among many, was closing a lot of the mental health institutions yep. around the country, um, that were federally funded and putting all of that, putting all of that responsibility onto, um, individual cities. And now one of the things people on the right say is, Oh, why, why do these, why do these uh, Democrat run cities have such big problems? It's like, well, gee, I don't know if you were, um, if you were tasked with handling that among other things, you know, and you're in your, in your a Democratic or Republican city, um, how would you respond? But yeah, I think, I think mental health is, is something we have to look at. Um, but the masculinity component, I think, is, is also a strong one. This idea that, like you said, men are taught not to express certain emotions or not express them, you know, in, in the way that any human being is naturally supposed to express emotions. Yeah. That leads to a lot of pent-up angst and anger and I think, you know, in in the US, when we view guns as a you know fix to our social and cultural and interpersonal problems, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a recipe for disaster. So yeah, I think we need to to be looking at um at all of those things if we if we really want to um tackle this problem. But um but another another thing that I, I have to mention here. Because there was a shooting that happened in in Houston, um, and the one I was gonna the one I was gonna talk about is one that happened last weekend. Um, there was another one that just happened today. Um, and recently in Texas, what they did is the Senate and the House passed a bill, and the governor signed it into law that um, basically allows people to carry handguns without a license, without a written test, without any training, and without a background check. Wow. So, Another part of this too, I think, if you look at um if you look at some of the studies, like there was a study from the uh, Oxford University Press. Um, what do we know about the association between firearm legislation and firearm related incidents? Um, what they do conclude is that you know it's not one policy, like oh we can do background checks and suddenly everything's fixed. It's not like a a, a one-size-fits-all solution. What you do, mm-hmm. you, what you need, is a pretty major legislative overhaul, where you're doing things like um, limiting high-capacity magazines, um, having stronger waiting periods, um, having insurance for gun owners, and what you see in not just Texas, but a lot of other states. I think they said there's um, similar measures that already exist in 20 states. Is um, they're not even doing that; they're they're doing the opposite,
1: right? And it's interesting because I think like during the 2020 um, Democratic nomination process, we heard, heard, you know, the buzzword thrown around common sense gun control. Um, You know, that was certainly like thrown around a lot. And I think that a lot of American people are kind of unclear on what that means. But I think like some of the measures that you just mentioned might be like a pretty good example of like what a common sense like gun control measure would look like so something like you know um better like background checks like you know potentially the ban of assault rifles like things that would not actually like make it impossible to buy a gun but might you know make it harder certainly it sounds like what that associated press article concluded is that like together those reforms would result in you know lower gun violence which sounds good on paper my only issue or actually i wanted to touch on the fact that even if you know we are talking about quote unquote common sense gun reform the right will always take issue with it no matter what you know no matter how Common sense, no matter how like logical the steps are, and how many studies we have that say like, look, we have to make this minor change or this small change to lower the rates of gun violence, even if it's, for example, a longer waiting period, they see it as a direct attack on their Second Amendment rights, and I think that that is an extremely dysfunctional way to conduct our politics when you have people who refuse to see reason. And it just ultimately comes back to like, no matter what you try to do, it always ends in you're trying to take our guns away. No, I think there needs to be a distinction understood on the right between, you know, the, uh, fricking military is coming (laughs) and collecting all the guns you have in your household and taking them, uh, versus, um, you know, you might have to wait a little bit longer to buy a handgun. Like there needs to be a distinction understood there. And I'm not really sure like what the best way to communicate that to the right is.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that is the challenge. Um, and I, I don't have an easy answer for it either. But at the same time, you know, if you look at polling, for example, like things like like universal background checks, it pulls at like 90%. You know, that includes Republicans. So and it's it's like a lot of other issues like Medicare for all, um, higher minimum wage taxes on the wealthy, like issues where you would think like, oh, Republicans would never support that. Um, But they do. Right. Um, But what happens is, you know, it gets co-opted by the NRA and the Republican Party and it gets used as this single issue, um, like we were talking about earlier, where people just say, oh, well, Guns. Um, I like my guns. Therefore, you know, I'm going to I'm going to vote for this guy. Um, but I think it's also worth pointing out like instances where, you know, a, like a shooting occurred and it could have been prevented with common yeah. sense gun measures. So, like, here's an example. Um, earlier this year in March, there was a shooting in uh, Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, at mm-hmm. the um, uh, King's Supers supermarket, I believe. Um, the guy who did this shooting, it was, it was really weird what had happened. Cause in Boulder, they, what they did is they banned assault weapons. And I know, you know, when the, when the right hears that they, well, assault weapon, anything could be an assault weapon. Well, the things they categorized as, as assault weapons, one of them was the gun that the, that the guy used in this shooting. So it was an AR Ruger's 556 I believe it's a, it's described as an AR style pistol.
1: So um, if it was banned in the city and that was well, what he used it sounds like it didn't help.
0: Well 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 hold on. I'm I'm getting to that. What happens what what happened is is a a judge I, think, I don't know if someone sued over it or something a judge though or, um basically forced them to overturn turn that because they said a, a city did not have the authority um, a locality on its own to institute any kind of gun restriction so they lifted the ban and four and days after that to... he went and got the gun and six days later he did the shooting
1: wow so in and that case it would have helped had that it, law would, it, been... it, it, it,
0: it would have prevented him from getting that gun wow you know and another in another point that the right makes too is oh well you know Guns don't kill people; people kill people.
1: Oh, they love like, to know, say that.
0: If he, yeah, and, and my point has always been: well, <laughs> it's a lot easier to kill someone if you have a gun.
1: Exactly. You know? No, one hundred percent. And like... like,
0: I have yet, I have yet to hear of, um, you know, um, someone, someone, uh, or people dying in a mass shooting with a grenade or an M4. Yeah. And the reason might be because those things are highly regulated; people can't get their hands on them.
1: That's a good point. However. One of the things, no, and I agree with you, I think that people kill people argument is just a bunch of crap because um, you know, admittedly, like if I wanted to come to your house, Nick, and take a chainsaw and decapitate you, <laughs> I would be able to do it. But it would be a hell of a lot easier if I wanted you dead to get a gun and shoot you, which of course, you know, I would never do <laughs> because you are my good friend, but you know. As an example, like, the the issue is not the intent necessarily, but the means with which you do it and how easy it is to kill someone with a gun. Now, that being said, one of the points that the right makes that I think is actually, you know, it actually has some merit is this idea of, like, the good guy with a gun versus the bad guy with a gun, right? So... And, um, you know, we've we've chatted a little bit about this before, but for our audience, I just remember that you had a really good counterpoint to this. And I want to make sure that it gets addressed because this argument does come up frequently. Like, you know, if you and I, Nick, we went to, uh, I don't know, ice cream store. <laughs> it's my example. Perfect. So I get to pick the venue. <laughs> I, I like where this is
0: going. Well, well, maybe not. Maybe I don't like where this
1: is going. <laughs> if you Given and I went context. to like the ice cream store and then like, you know some rando came in there and was like this is a robbery you know or you know hopefully not but this is a mass shooting if you or i had a gun we could end that situation real quick and that argument to me makes a lot of sense despite the fact that you know in personally like in my like heart i think we should not have guns i will never own a gun um i think that they are bad (laughs) But at the same time, like part of me also like wants to be like, okay, well, here's what the Constitution says. And that needs to be taken into account. But like, what is your response when people bring up that good guy with a gun versus bad guy with a gun argument?
0: Well, there's a really great article written by um, Christopher Ingraham in The Washington Post about this. And, you know, before anyone says, oh, it's The Washington Post. He's using um, the FBI's criminal database and the CDC's injury prevention database. So, you know, these are these are official figures. Um, And he's basically looking at this, you know, like, hey, how often does does the good guy with the gun actually actually prevent the shooting? Mm -hmm. And what he finds is that for every criminal killed in self-defense. So like you killing the other person who comes in into the ice cream shop. Uh, 34 innocent people die. All right. Oh. So he goes into detail here. Um, the instances of criminals killed in self-defense are extremely outnumbered by the instances of criminal homicide by gun, uh, 34 to 1. Um, so, yeah, basically, like for every one justifiable gun homicide, there's 34 criminal uh, gun homicides.
1: So it sounds like what you're saying is this good guy versus bad guy incidents is so uncommon compared to the amount of times that, like, innocent people are killed, even if there is a good guy with a gun. Is that right?
0: Yeah, it's rare. Like, yeah, it happens, but it's like one in 34 chance.
1: So in my case, would it not be better for us all to be armed?
0: Well, I mean, America already has... More guns than than there are people. Like people are armed to the teeth already, and I mean, we talked about the numbers um, at the beginning of the show. What is it like a forty percent increase this year? And it's like a it, it was a forty percent increase last year. So I mean, you have more people armed per capita in this country than any other country in the world, and we have the most gun the like, gun violence. I see. So. I I don't think, I mean, mean, it's not like, it's not like Switzerland, well, I take that back. There may be other countries where the gun ownership per capita is higher, like Switzerland, for example, Um, because in that country, for example, I think the government actually provides people with guns, but they require that you do um, training. I think they require like two years of military service um, for young adults. But the point is like people are trained very well. And how to use those guns sure. and, and they don't have nearly the gun uh violence that that we have so you know if we go back to like that law that was just uh passed and went into effect in texas no training required no background check no written tests no license if you li- if you listen to cops if you listen to like police officers um talk about this they they say like hey this actually makes our job harder Mm-hmm. Because when we arrive on the scene of a shooting, we don't know who the good guy and the bad guy is. like we just see a guy with mm-hmm. a gun who's shooting, and, and that makes it harder and I mean, there have been multiple instances like that um do you remember that marjorie no I thinking... I was going to say Marjorie Taylor Green yeah <laughs> more uh, um, the Stoneman Douglas uh high school shooting in Florida. Mm-hmm. where they had a, they had an armed guard at that high school who his sole job his one job was to prevent a mass shooter if they came onto school grounds
1: and he just and like, as, as soon as
0: he as soon as he heard gunshots he was like well i'm out of here
1: <laughs> check so, please. like this <laughs>
0: yeah like I mean, this is a, a good to guy make with light the gun of, swooping like, and the, the shooting, just, of
1: course but i mean the the I'm laughing because of the irony, right? Because, you know, we put all these precautions in place, i.e. in schools specifically. um, And most of those, in my opinion, are just to make parents feel more comfortable. They don't actually work.
0: You don't think so?
1: No, I think like when it comes to um, like, well, specifically like security guards are like, you know, there's been the idea thrown around of like, well, we should be arming teachers Um, or like at my old high school, I went to my old high school to like visit a, a teacher of mine and they made you, they had this little camera and you had to show your ID like, okay, I mean, I'm showing my ID, but maybe I have a gun in my pocket, like, or like going through, I think metal detectors work. I would say that, but I think like, you know, things like cameras in schools, There are some things that I think are done under the guise of safety that actually not only are ineffective, but furthermore, specifically with regard to cameras in schools, I think to me present a risk to personal uh, security. And I think, Um, (laughs) I think, you know, certain things like cameras in schools present a risk to personal privacy, which Um, I, I don't believe is worth it considering the fact that they're largely ineffective, but, you know, I could go off about (laughs) kids rights, but that's another episode. Uh Oh,
0: (laughs) yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I I mean, I think you are right in the sense that like, if I walk up to school and I'm like armed to the teeth and I've got Mm -hmm. like an AR-15,
1: like it doesn't matter
0: if there's a metal detector or if there's a little camera, because I can just like gun, like spray the entire, you know, like all the front doors. Absolutely. And 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 that's when it comes back
1: to those common sense policies that you were talking about.
0: Yeah. Listen to this though. Like while we're on the topic of schools, um, this was reported by NBC just recently. A Michigan town is spending 48 million on construction updates. Must be a pretty rich town or it's high school, typically that um, might mean the addition of a state-of-the-art computer lab or perhaps a new practice field. Um, For what they're doing with this school, though, is they're designing the campus to try to improve students' likelihoods to live in the event of a mass shooting. So they're doing these things called shadow zones. So Fruitport fruit port superintendent recently gave NBC News reporter a tour of the um, under construction high school, pointing out various design features designed to help students survive a mass shooting. The school's designed curved. The school's designers curved its hallways to shorten the shooter's um, line of sight and added seemingly countless wing walls to give students shadow zones where they can hide. Because the idea, like with a straight hallway that's like 50 feet, you know, if you're standing at one end and the right. shooter's at the other end, he could shoot you. They're curving the hallways so that the shooter can't see you as easily, or they're creating like these, these wings where you can hide behind. And it just seems like, like, wow, is that the kind of society that we live in now?
1: Right, exactly. And our uh, listeners can't see right now, but I have a horrified look on my face. (laughs) Um, I think that's another one of those things where it kind of takes into consideration like, oh, this is going to make the parents feel better. But to me, that is a band-aid solution. And it's kind of outrageous considering again, like the the efficacy of some of those quote unquote common sense policies that we were just talking about. I think that something like that, you know, is is that again like what we want our society to look like where we're going to institute preventative measures retroactively. So like we're going to say, okay, school shootings are going to continue to happen. So let's respond to that. Rather than proactively, i.e., we don't want school shootings to happen. So let's stop them before they start.
0: Exactly. And I think that's really where the focus needs to be. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you just think about like the amount of money that's spent on, on that, that reactionary measure, which, right. I mean, if someone's in the school, <laughs> I don't think it matters how much you, you curve the hallways or you do these little design features. Um. Yeah, that person's still gonna do what they're gonna do, Absolutely. and so yeah, we definitely need to put the focus on some of those preventative measures, which they've done in other countries. If you look at all Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, like these 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 things work. Mm-hmm. Um. While also, you know, prioritizing things like mental health. Um. You know, because another thing, and I think COVID's kind of contributed this to to this as well, is you know, people are just very on edge. People are just very hostile and short and with everything that's been going on. And I think that that could be a contributing factor. So, you know, redesigning our laws, but also trying to redesign our culture to be one that makes people feel fulfilled. It gives people a sense of purpose so that they don't feel like they have to resort to this kind of thing. And just to end on a positive note, we... We um we mentioned Colorado earlier, the uh, shooting that happened there at the Super King Super Supermarket. Um, just yesterday, the governor of Colorado signed a couple gun legislation bills, um, SB two five six. So this bill allows local governments, public higher education institutions, and special districts to enact gun policies that are stronger. Than what's written in the state laws. So, you know, essentially allowing Boulder to do what they had done before, um, but now legally. Um, House Bill 1298, which closes the so-called Charleston loophole by requiring gun dealers to complete a background check on a gun buyer before actually giving them the weapon, that's huge. Um, and House Bill 1299, which forms an Office of Gun Violence and Prevention Within the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, cool. So it is so nice to progress. see that. Yeah, so it's it's not all bad, you know. <laughs> um, and you do have governors like uh, like the governor of Colorado actually actually taking some action here, and hopefully, this will decrease the number of potential gun violent gun violence incidents incidences that could occur in the future.
1: All right. Well, I guess there's nothing left.